Welcome to the Holderman Podcast. I'm your host, Robert McNamara, and today we'll be speaking about farm real estate values. I'm joined by Pat Karst, Vice President of the Holderman Companies, based out of Wabash, Indiana. Thanks, Pat, for joining us again on the podcast. Now that the fall auction season has begun, I wanted to cover what last year's increase in market prices have been and what you've seen so far this year. Where did your final analysis come out for farmland appreciation in 2021? Well, Robert, thanks for having me back on your podcast. I appreciate the invitation. So I've got uh, numbers from three different sources. The Federal Reserve Bank uh, came out with their report there in August about the, the land values change from July of 21 to July of 2022. And according to the, to the Federal Reserve, the 7th District is up 22% and Indiana's part of the 7th District. Uh, and they showed Indiana tax land prices up 25%. So that kind of coincides with what Purdue said. The Purdue land value study came out in uh, the 1st of August, and it was from June of 2021 to June of 2022. And they showed top land up 31%, average land up 30%, and poor land up 34%. After surveying all of our auction results from 2021 versus year-to-date 2022, we showed land values up in uh, 21 to 2 over 21, up 39%. And in 2022, uh, our, our stats indicate a land price increase of about 5% uh, year to date in 2022. And have you done any analysis or paid attention to who the primary buyers in the market have been? Yeah, we, we asked everybody uh, at, when we're doing purchase agreements, are they buying buy to farm it or are they buying as investors? A good portion of the time, more than more than uh, half the buyers, we know who they are and what they are. So, but yeah, buyers at our auctions so far in 2022 are almost equally split between buyers and investors. We have 55% of the buyers are farmers, and 45% of the buyers are investors. Um, that's just at our auctions, Robert. The we polled our agents last week at the at our company meeting, and they said that 74% of the farms they see sell are being sold to farmers and 26% are being sold to investors. Somebody's going to ask, well, why that huge difference? What's the discrepancy? It's that the, the many farms are sold privately without the benefit of, of a professional land broker. And these farms, they might be sold to the neighbors. They might be sold to the tenants. They might be sold to, to somebody else that, with, without using a, a land broker. So there's a lot of land that's sold without really even hitting the open market. And the other thing I want to touch on with this topic, Robert, is that for the most part, these investors are just local or regional investors. They're people that are looking to add real estate into their investment portfolio as a hedge against inflation. The other thing we've seen is an uptick in the number of people selling highly appreciated land around urban areas such as Indianapolis or Columbus or Cincinnati. Uh, and then they're trying to defer their capital gains by trading that gain into farmland and other areas. Yeah, you see a lot of articles come out in the newspaper about investment companies buying farmland, but you don't see much mention of just local people that want to use it to diversify. Correct. Out of the purchase money, I mean, you probably see all the settlement statements. Are you noticing that a lot of it's coming from cash or is uh, financing or a portion of each? What, what are you normally seeing in these most recent transactions? You're, you're right. I see a lot of the closing statements. I don't see all of them. Uh, we're, we're seeing there's still a considerable amount of cash in the, in, the, uh, in the farm buying population. 
what we don't see on those net on those statements, we see how much is borrowed, but we don't see where the rest of it came from. So we don't know whether it came from cash or whether it came from the pledging of other collateral. So we're seeing a lot of cash buyers in some of our smaller deals, maybe a million or a million and a half or less in purchase price. And then we're seeing the rest of them are almost all financed in one way or another. The uh, the interesting thing, I had lunch with a, an ag banker yesterday, and he told me that they will only loan up to $8,500 per acre on a farm purchase. So if somebody spends $10,000 on a farm, they can only borrow 8,500, <clears throat> excuse me, they can only borrow 8,500 and the other 1,500 has to be either be cash or the pledging of other collateral. Yeah, that makes sense. There have been some banks that when there's a rapid increase, they don't necessarily increase their loan amounts at the same speed of what the market's moving. And I think that makes good business sense. If we see a, a drop in these land prices, then then they are not under collateralized. Right. Oh, with the Fed coming out today and raising another 75 basis points for interest rates, do you think that if interest, interest rates continue to increase, it's going to cool off the farm real estate market next year? Well, let's let's look at what we have seen without them. We can speculate. We haven't really noticed any demand reduction so far. Land prices are up about 5% for the year. Of course, you know, there could be some demand reduction, but we, we then, you know, with that, with that increase in prices, it's hard to justify. I, and when I've talked to buyers and prospective buyers before and after the sale, I really haven't had anybody talk to me about the increase in, in interest cost and that it's getting harder to borrow money or anything like that. So I guess I really don't think that there's been a whole lot of uh, demand or erosion based on higher interest rates. Now, for the speculation part, I, at some point, higher interest rates have to affect the demand for farmland. They just have to because it's going to reduce the amount of the, the amount of money the buyers can spend because of the higher payments. At an ag bankers conference back in 2021, a roundtable discussion suggested that maybe a 400 basis point increase would curb demand. And after the, the rise today, we are right there. We're, I think, 375 basis points of, of increase now. So we're going to find out whether that's going to curb demand or not, aren't we? Yeah. And speaking about, you know, only having so much money to be able to buy. And I did an analysis and looked at before interest rates started increasing. And when they were at their record lows, you only had to put about 25% down to cash flow a farm and now that's up to 50, 60%. You have to put down the cash flow and make it stand on its own. Interesting. With the rapid increase in land values over the last 20 months or so, what kind of comments have you gotten from the buyers or runner-up bidders on the prices that they are willing to pay? You're full of good questions today, Robert. Um, that, that is a, a tough one to answer. Um, one of the things when I'm at a live event and I am sitting down across the table from the buyer filling out the purchase agreements, I always like to kind of open our conversation and ask them, is that about what you thought it would bring or what did you think the farm would sell for? And most buyers are not very willing to admit that they paid more than they thought it would bring or they paid more than they planned to. So a lot of them will just say, yeah, that's about what I thought it would bring. And I really, I haven't talked to anybody in the last 18 months or better that that really thought they got a bargain. You know, I, I that that's a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. And, and recently, I, a farmer bought a large farm uh, in northern, north central Indiana, 
and they paid over $14,000 an acre for it. And I asked him the same question. I asked everyone else, what did you think? Is that about what you thought it'd bring? He goes, yeah, he, he said, it really is. It's about what I thought it'd bring. And he said, a lot of my neighbors, a lot of my friends and family think I'm nuts for paying this kind of money for that much farmland. But I really believe that in five or six years, we're going to look back at this price level and wish we'd have bought a lot more farmland because he, I really believe that farmland will not go down like it has in the past. That's that's one farmer's opinion. Land has always gone up and down in the short term, but he's right in the long term. Land has been on a large upswing since the beginning of uh, recorded prices. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, people have seen the stock market fall. They've seen cryptocurrencies. They've seen residential, but you got to go back 40 plus years to see a big shift down in the land values. So maybe that's part of their thinking is that it's going to be a safer investment. That's what a lot of people are thinking. The investors, the farmers, you know, we've all bought stock and on somebody's recommendation to only find out that it goes to zero and the company goes bankrupt and you're stuck with a stock certificate that's only good for recycling. With farmland, no matter what happens to the value, it'll still be there. It'll still produce an income because the vacancy rate of cropland here in the Midwest is zero. Every acre gets rented out every year and produces an income. Yeah, that's some interesting insight. Is there any other information you'd like to share with us today? Well, yeah. At our company meetings last week, um, the question was brought up about as, as our appraisers analyze sales, did it make a difference whether the sale was represented by a professional land broker or whether it was was not exposed to the open market? And the consensus was that that the prices, the farms that are not exposed to the open market are selling for $1,500 to $2,000 an acre below what price, what farms that are sold at auction are bringing. And, and that, that could, Robert, that could be something that's intentional. It could be a landowner selling to a loyal, a loyal tenant who's been a fam, family friend for years. It could be one neighbor selling to another. It could be a lot of, a lot of reasons that the land seller may want to give a, a land buyer a break and sell it to him at a discounted price. But a lot of other times it's just people that are, they're disadvantaged by a lack of knowledge about the land market and about what the value of their property is. And by spending a few dollars marketing the property, advertising the property, and uh, having a properly run auction could could really maximize the value of their farm. Yeah. And when you're talking about 20, 30% appreciation a year, you know, the last time a farm sold in an area, maybe it was a year, year and a half ago. So they don't know that the appreciations come into it. Exactly. We sold farms uh, in the fall of 2021. We sold three farms in about 90 days in Tipton County, Indiana, and each one set a new high for the county as we went up. So if, if you were basing it on the sale before, you were still out of the market. Interesting. Well, thank you, Pat, for joining me today and all the valuable information. If you'd like to learn more about the Halderman companies or contact someone on the Halderman team, please visit halderman.com.